You're listening to the Elephant in the Room Property Podcast, where the big things that never get talked about actually get talked about. I'm Veronica Morgan, real estate agent, buyer's agent, co-host of Foxtel's Location, Location, Location Australia, and author of a new book, Auction Ready, How to Buy Property Even Though You're Scared Shitless. And I'm Chris Bates, financial planner and mortgage broker, and together we're going to uncover who's really making the decisions when you buy a property. Don't forget that you can access the transcript for this episode on the website, as well as download our free full or forecaster report. Which experts can you trust to get it right? Theelephantintheroom.com.au Please stick around for this week's Elephant Rider Bootcamp. And we have a cracking Dumbo of the Week coming up. Before we get started, everything we talk about on this podcast is general in nature and should never be considered to be personal financial advice. If you're looking to get advice, please seek the help of a licensed financial advisor or buyer's agent. They will tailor and document their advice to your personal circumstances. Now let's get cracking. If you've ever lived in a strata building, you'll know that people aren't always easy to live with. There's issues with parking, noise, pets, partying. Who's dominating the owner's corporation? And then you have problems with the buildings themselves, light bulbs blowing, maintenance, water leaks, lifts breaking down. And then who is responsible for making sure the whole complex runs smoothly? The individual stories of apartment occupiers, owners and associated professionals have provided a decade's worth of content in the forum hosted by today's guest. We're honoured to be joined by Jimmy Thompson, well known in the property area as the writer of the long-running Flat Chat newspaper column. Now, I remember reading it in Good Weekend, but now it's in the AFR or the Australian Financial Review every weekend. He's also the editor of the related website, which is flat, I love this, you've got to say flat-chat.com.au and co-presenter of the podcast, The Flat Chat Wrap. He's also the author of 15 published books, TV scriptwriter, travel writer, tour guide, university lecturer and journalist. And he's an experienced public speaker and has regular guest spots on James Valentine's Afternoon on ABC Radio. Multi-talented. On, back on the apartment side of things, he's, or the strata side of things, he's campaigned on a number of apartment-related issues and has managed to get property law changed on at least two occasions and I want to hear, well, we want to hear more about that, prides himself on being Airbnb's public enemy number two, number one being former Sydney cider Murray Cox, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that later in our chat. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, I just have to say I um, do like flicking through the AFR, and when I do kind of spot your articles, I do stop and have a good read. So um, thanks for coming on because they're always interesting. And I think the Strata um, conversation, something that's uh, you need to kind of keep going deeper and deeper in it because once you're bought into a Strata building, it's kind of um, you don't want to be finding out some of the issues you should have looked at before you bought. What made you start Flat Chat oh, many we, years oh, ago? Oh, um, we had we bought off the plan. Uh, that's my partner and I, my wife and I. And uh, we bought into a building which... Uh, we thought we were pretty smart and savvy, and it turned out we were not at oh. all. And the building had problems. Uh, it had been taken over halfway through its development, so the yes. people who bought in immediately, they want to cut costs. Yep. They'd, they had planted uh, one of their clients from another part of their business in our building as the, the chairman of the, the owner's corporation, um, he was doing deals with the developers yep. on on defects, and and came in one day and and said basically, 
uh, I the the developers offered us sixty thousand dollars for all the defects. That's a really good figure. Um, but we've got to say that after that, we don't claim anything else. <laughs> Unfortunately, because he was not the most computer savvy person on the planet, he accidentally sent copied an email to <laughs> to members of the committee saying right. to the developer, I think I can get these idiots across the oh, line. No. That's fantastic. So then it started a campaign. And funnily enough, oh, funnily enough, the it just all started with pets because we have two cats and it was essential for us to move into a building that was pet friendly. And mm. back then mm. it was even less pet friendly in Strata than it is now. Yeah. And uh, so we'd signed up and the, the real estate agent had said it's pet friendly and we mm. got the first AGM and this guy stands up and says, okay, the first thing, we're changing the bylaw, no pets. <laughs> and the place mm. just went nuts. <laughs> and what the cats... The, qu- the cats yeah. went nuts, didn't cats they? Cats and the dogs. <laughs> Let's put in the cat amongst the pigeons. Nah. <laughs> Boom. We're not allowed pigeons. Um, <laughs> no, no feeding the pigeons. No flying rats. Um, yeah. the, so what it did was it brought together a whole disparate bunch of people mm. who the only thing they had in common was that they owned pets. Yeah. And that organised into a group and then that... Or- oh, wow. And mm. then... And then we went after the defects and we got mm. really bad advice and lost millions of dollars. And, oh. and, and now then you're my, Extinction Rebellion. And yeah, and then they, they, <laughs> my wife and I are sitting there going, what have we done here? Wow. Yeah. And, and she said, you know, we are journalists. Uh. We should be writing about this. Mm. So we wrote a, co-wrote a book and the Sydney Morning Herald called her up and said, love the book. Can you do a weekly newspaper call? Oh, straight to it. That's and, not bad. And uh, she said no, <laughs> because I've uh, contractually committed uh, okay. to another publisher. Got you. But I live with this idiot. He'll probably turn it out for you. Yeah. All right. So I, I started doing the column, and I reckoned I had probably about six weeks before they found me out. Yeah. So I just went for it. Yeah. Like just attacking developers and everybody, everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody who yeah. needed attacking got attacked. Wow. And, uh, well, six weeks and is not people, enough for that. People, well, people started responding to it. Yeah. And uh, and they did a survey and they realised that that was back in Domain, actually, that they mm. um, <clears throat> they did realise that my column was the second most read part of the paper. I'm sorry, I got that section. wrong, didn't I? So it was in Domain, not in Good Yeah, weekend. but it was at the yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. It was at, at the, the weekend. weekend. And it was in the Herald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Or the age. Yeah. One of my rules of broadcasting is never correct the host. Oh, that's very... In the first <laughs> sentence. <laughs> but <laughs> you can do Because I've done it before. Because if you did do it, I could edit it out. Uh, see, yeah, now see, I can't. Yeah, that's live got, radio. Yeah, yeah, we've got too far into it now. There we go. My apologies. I need to change my podcasting. I'm glad I asked that question. Because uh, and thanks for putting it on the list here, Veronica. But uh, <laughs> the question, yeah, <laughs> the because it was very interesting the story, right? Because there's a number of things there that you kind of just glossed over. You were just explaining the story, like the mole. I haven't heard of that happening before, where a developer has kind of silently put in somebody who's related to them oh, into yeah. the builder, mm. into the building to mm. kind of look after their interests, not the other tenants, and then. Yeah basically sabotage the building to force everyone to agree to a special levy and yeah. kind of sign off on an NDA, basically, that yeah. you kind of have to just... That's yeah. just unheard yeah. of. I've never heard yeah. of that. Have you heard of that again? 
Um, yeah, obviously... yeah, it happens. Right. Mm. It happens. Okay. And, I mean, but the, the funny thing is because uh, Sue, my wife, got on to the committee and uh, in, in the early days. And, of course, because, you know, like, you talk this guy, I shouldn't, I can't name him because we'll all get sued. Um, but he he basically went, oh, you're a journalist. Great, that means you can type, you can be secretary. You know, this, is, <laughs> this was his thinking. Uh-huh. And... And uh, she was so suddenly she's an office bearer, and the the developer said, "Would you like to have a look at, you know, some of the rest of the building? We'll show you in. It's very new." And uh, and she's getting shown around, and the guy said, "No, we've got a couple of developments elsewhere coming up. You will get first choice." Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I'm, we're putting you on the list for first choice of the new apartments coming up. And she's going, this a, is kind thrill. of wrong. What an opportunity. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, there's some people who would have jumped at that. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, this is this guy had rented space from them in the, another building and he came in. They brought in a building manager who was just awful, just Probably getting paid though to building that, bringing their own building manager. I imagine. Well, they as well. Be, yeah, because they were going, hey, we, you know, we built the building. Who knows it better than us? Yeah. Let's let us yes. be the building manager. They bring in this guy who was, you know, first he was obsessed with his Christmas bonus. He said, oh, I've saved so much money. I'm going to get a great Christmas bonus. And we're going, the lobbies, the lift lobbies are filthy. Mm. Yeah. Why aren't they being cleaned? Oh, the cleaners were costing too much money. It's all about his Christmas bonus. And then the clincher, <laughs> the clincher was um, the committee, once we'd, we'd had a coup, which was fairly inevitable, and we got mm. rid of the, the dead wood and, the, mm. and the, the people, the insiders, the moles, <laughs> as you call them. Moles. <laughs> the next thing was to get rid of the building manager. And, you know, we had this list of, you know, his, how incompetent and dishonest he was. And suddenly they, they'd never signed the building management contract. Mm. And suddenly it turns up signed and with this the seal uh, on it. Yeah. You know, the, the strata seal. Backdated. And an extra clause in it saying if we forced them to sack him from his job, we would have to pay his wages <gasps> yep. until such times as he found a similar job elsewhere. No. Mm. And that had never been in the original thing. And our wow. strata manager put the seal on it and and we just went, look, nah. So the strata mm. manager was also in bed with the developer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. So well, that's something we see quite a lot, tail, isn't, isn't it? it? So a lot of these new developments, I think they're trying to change the laws. You would know this 20 times better than me, but, you know, some of the developments have got building their own building managers in the contract and then yeah. they have to be in there for, say, 10 years and that their fees go up greater than inflation over that 10 years. Have you heard of those type of... So they you have force to, the buyers. Yes, to, yeah, yeah. The, the differential there's there's a differential there, which is that the the strata manager and the building manager are different people. Yeah, the building mm. manager is a guy who comes around and changes the light bulbs and mm. and tells you you've parked in the wrong place. Yeah, the strata manager basically he may never even set foot in the building because mm. he's he's taking in all the invoices, taking in all the money, and if he's any good or she, there's a lot <laughs> of women. Or she, mm. um, yes. they're they're giving advice, you know, we've got, well, you phone them up and say we've got a problem or a tenant or a, a resident has a problem. They should be able to say, oh, look, under strata law, this is what mm. you need to do. Mm. Um, the building manager is a different beast. The strata managers, um, a few years ago, they changed the law so that the first 
year, you, the first time you sign them up at your first AGM, the first year, they, they're only allowed to have a contract for one year. Ah, got you. And then after that, it's three years mm. maximum. Yeah. Okay. They, and that's good because the strata managers do a lot about setting up the bylaws and things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good for them to be able to at least show what they can do mm. once the, the owners are in. The, the, the building manager thing is different, and that is going to become an issue because some of them are, are locked in those 10-year contracts yeah. which are ridiculous uh, yeah. Amanda Farmer I think talked about a 25-year that's in yeah. Queensland yeah. Queensland and, oh. and Queensland is I have to say is the system there is so profoundly corrupt mm. right yeah, what it basically starts with is uh, the, the developer builds a building he then puts a tender out to on-site strata managers mm. They come and pay him tens, maybe hundreds of thousands ah, of dollars gotcha. for the contract. Yep. Oh. Yep. The yep. owners who have to then service that contract and pay all the bills have no say in who it is or what the terms of the contract yep. are. Mm. They just get well, the handed the, the contract. contract. Yeah. So the developer has made all this money for what? Yeah. For what? For putting an ad and in the paper? Who pays it? The tenants. They yeah, pay the, well, the owners. The, yeah, the owners. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. the owners. Yeah, mm. the owners pay it because they've got a... That, the, for the strata company to pay that hundred grand to the developer, they're going to have to charge more to the exactly, yeah. to exactly. The so it's just a way of funneling money into the developers. Right. People are having to service twenty-five year contracts. Yeah, they and every time I, for years and years, I've been saying this is so obviously wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. Mm. It's, it is of no benefit to the owners mm. of the apartments. Why is it allowed to happen? And somebody told me just the other day. Every time the government thinks well, we're going to change this in some significant way, the banks step in and go, mm. "Nah." Why do the banks step in? I wonder. Where do you think the the strata, the the on-site managers are getting those tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars? Uh, bank loans. To buy bank loans. Yeah. So against the book. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, so yeah, because it's an ongoing revenue stream <laughs> for them. So uh, let's say they say if. I need that loan of a hundred thousand because that'll guarantee us fifty thousand dollars a year of work, and so the bank will happily give them a hundred thousand because they've got this secure ongoing revenue stream yep. to to lend the money. So that makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, it's not just the banks; it's the government really. I mean, that's why you can't say you can't say the word regulation and property in the same sentence because you know people <laughs> kick off, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. it's unregulated for a reason, and as soon as you start. I guess opening the lids up on things like this yeah. is people are going to be upset because the government doesn't want to slow down the sale of these buildings and um, the profits of developers because then they can keep on building more and it keeps the whole system churning. So what, soon what, what is so alarming though is that, you know, despite the fact we're all a bit cynical in Australia, we're not cynical enough. Mm, like we, yeah. we all do believe we're protected in some way by government, Absolutely. but we're not. Absolutely. You, you think, mm. you know, you go, if I go and buy a, a toaster, Mm. And it doesn't work. Everyone uses the toaster. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then they built a building called the toaster in tribute, <laughs> <laughs> in tribute to that idea. Yes. <laughs> so, so you you take your electric kettle just to be different, <laughs> and and you take it home, you plug it in, it doesn't work. You take it back to the shop, and they got to give you a new one yeah. or give you your money back. Mm. Can you imagine <laughs> if you walked into you got your apartment, you know, you you're you're. Five hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar apartment, 
you get the keys, you go and you go, oh, these lifts don't work. And, and I can't, and the pool mm. stinks. And, and you go back with your keys and you say, here, mm. here's the keys back. Mm. Can I have my money back, please? Because you, yeah. you have not sold me something that's fit for purpose or what you promised me I was going to get. I actually had this conversation literally yesterday. Uh, you know, a client who's settling on a property this week refers a mate in the office who's um, thinking about buying their retirement. They're only early 30s, but they're thinking about buying their retirement place where they want to live. And that's a strategy that's generally quite flawed because they haven't bought a home yet. Right. But, and who, who's, <laughs> does a 30 year old know what they want when they're 65? Like, you know, they've just got engaged. They don't know what they want when they're 31. No, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I kind of explained that and he, he got it and he's like, well, yeah, I mean, life's so unpredictable. Who knows what I'm going to want in 30 years, but it was a new building that they're wanting. Um, yeah. And he said, oh, but they've got building warranty, haven't I? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, warranty is generally you can take it back and get a refund, but no. you can't refund. You, no. And also, not in. if it's over four stories. Well, four stories or more, right? right. So yeah, yeah. And I said that to him. I said, mm. "Look, you know, how you talk?" And I think it was under, like it was. It's in Elwood mm. in Melbourne, right. and it was yeah. yeah, not a bad area and things like that. And it was just though that his perception though was, we it's got warranty, and so yeah, because that we did, and that's just how bad the consumer and and the developers kind of pushing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it's 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 funny that I I love apartment living, and I can't imagine living in any other way. Mm. All the all the time, I'm telling people how bad it is. Mm. It's yeah. kind of ironic. Yeah. You, eyes wide open. You have, well, you have to warn people. Mm. You know, go in with your eyes wide open. Do you still live in that apartment that you yep. bought? So wow, so you've 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 persisted and, and we're and the second people in the building, right? Mm. And we've now been there for twenty years. Yes. Hopefully, and you've ironed out all the all the oh, they, bumps. No, the other people have done that. They they wouldn't let me anywhere near the committee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? But this so, is this is and this is sort of taken you. So you've you've gone and inadvertently found yourself in a situation where you go, oh my god, I have no idea. This is just Pandora's box, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, thought we were smart. You know, yeah. we've gone and done something that seems so logical and sensible, and all of a sudden we're just everything that we could not possibly have anticipated has has come up. Then you find yourself actually, you know, banding together with a bunch of other pet owners mm. and then you find yourself writing a column. Yeah. Then you find yourself, you know, hosting a forum and, yeah. and it's taken a life of its own and you become an expert in strata living. Yeah. All from being a journalist who wanted to have their cats yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. allowed in the building. That all comes know? back to the cats, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I want to go back to that story as well because, sorry, because, I mean, you also said there, which I don't know if you heard of Ronica as well, where you said that the developer went bankrupt um, oh, mid-development, yeah. Mid-development. Yeah. And this has actually happened for a client just looking at an apartment just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it, you know, sadly, it hasn't gone ahead. Like, it's what's well, positives and negatives. But um, that development, for example, exactly that happened. It was an apartment in, in DY and yeah. they're building basically uh, mid-development, went under. Um, and I was doing research on this building to kind of talk her through some of the reasons why not to buy the place and how, um, and I was looking at the sales of the building and there's all these kind of funny transactions where they're kind of one company selling it to another mm. company yeah. and then they're that same company selling them two, three years down the line. And um, so can you explain like that that problem and how, how you've heard about it a few times and what happens and things like that? I, in generalities, it's um, what happens is, you know, you've got somebody who goes into a development and overextends. You know, mm. they, they, 
they find that it's going to be more difficult to build the thing at the cost that they'd planned and they're not going to make their, their profit on it. And, and maybe even they're not selling off the plan mm. to yes. the extent they wanted to or yep. needed to and they don't have the marketing budget or whatever or maybe there's some idiot on a podcast going, don't buy off the plan. So they... They, they, for business reasons, just go, look, we've got somebody who'll buy the thing mm. at a price and we can get out without, you know, too much of a loss or, yeah. or maybe no loss. Okay. Mm. Or phoenixing? Well, or phoenixing. Mm. Well, those, those next people come in and they look at the project. We're paying X amount for this and we can make X amount. We can sell it at this. Mm. So well, the first thing we're going to do is all this fancy stuff that's been put in at the mm. lower floors, mm. we ain't putting that on the upper floors mm. because mm. that's that's too um, it's too costly. Mm. So no longer we, marble; it's now laminate. Yeah, I mm. mean, we we actually see it in our building that there's a point where everything oh, wow. was really <laughs> fantastic, and then it became slightly less fantastic. Are you it's above, still pretty are you, fantastic. Are you above or below that line? I'm a Above the line of fantasticness. <laughs> above the fantastic Which line. Which is below the line in the building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, that's hilarious. Um, sorry, it's not hilarious. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's tragic. It's ruined my life. But it's Actually, interesting because as a comparison, like if you were thinking about how to value a property, what mm. was the best comparable for that property is a recent sale in that building yeah. probably. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's below the line. So it's it's actually the what's above the line. It's one of the poorer apartments. So right. y- if oh, you're comparing finishes. yourself to that, but are you, know, you really the, comparing like for like? Well, you know, the thing is, unless you're an expert in these things, you could go into one apartment and, and open and shut the doors and feel the carpet and all the rest of it mm. and go to the next apartment and go, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. But you're not going to know that all oh, the man. fittings are 30% cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And repeated and repeated and repeated, mm-hmm. and that's where they make their margins. Phoenixing is a whole different thing, which our governments seem to be totally incapable of, of uh, getting yeah. over. Mm. And it's such an an obvious thing, mm. but you you'll notice it. I mean, a, a warning to your listeners: uh, if you're going for a new development, and that development is, you know, uh, flat chat developments brackets. Mm. 11 Botany Road, yeah. then that's the name of the company. And warning. that's that's the company. Mm. Now, Flat Chat Developments might be a terrific brand name. Mm. By the way, if there's anybody with finance out there, I'm, I'm waiting. Mm. But uh, <laughs> no, it could it could be a fantastic brand name. But once you put in brackets the address at the end, that's the company mm. that mm. if it goes under, that's the one you have to go after for the money, right. not the parent company. Yeah. And that is happening a lot, even with some very reputable uh, developers are, are putting in firewalls like that. Well, given given our system, it's foolish of them not to. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. Because, because they can protect all the assets in their other companies and their own homes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm. by doing that. Um, and that's what, you know, smart lawyers will advise them to do because our legal system allows that to happen. Yeah. And, and I mean, you do it, and like, it's, it's not just in developments of property and things like that. You know, lots of companies, you, if you're starting a new company or a new venture, yeah. you wouldn't do that in the same company that you're in now mm-hmm. because of if that company goes belly up, you don't want that damaging yeah. your... You're pulling the other one down. You're pulling oh. the other one down. And so it kind of makes sense when you think about them as a developer to do this. 
the problem is that there's lives attached to this that yeah. get absolutely destroyed in the yeah. sane of the profit. And it's like, well, yeah, we're not going to damage our brand, but, but we'll just kind of hide this as one of our flawed developments and which hopefully no one hears about it. That's yeah. kind of the, the real yeah. issue here is it's actually people's lives that are. Yeah. And, and some people, I mean, you think about these people in mascot Howard and, mm. you know, and the Opal. Like yeah. can, you, can you imagine like two weeks after you've been evacuated, you're allowed back in and you get mm. a note under your door saying, I will buy the your property off you for 10% of what you paid for it. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody ever took it, but I'm sure there were people who were tempted because they just wanted to get out. Yeah. It's an emotional thing. Mm. Well, there's no way to get out because if they did, I mean, I mean, yes, they were a cash buyer maybe, but a lot yeah. of people aren't cash buyers in new mm. apartments. Unfortunately, a lot of them are borrowing 80, 90% yeah. if they can. Wouldn't be able to settle. Yeah. Uh, and most can't borrow 90%, to be frank. A lot of these apartments you can only borrow 80% on. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you've got an 80% loan to the bank. You've pretty much lost all your money already. Yeah. Now your only option is basically go bankrupt or yeah. give it back to the bank, yeah. which is the same thing. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't even know if they're allowed to transact. Yeah, that's I true. Don't know. But I thought that it was it was notable that people had the the brass neck mm. to to even make that kind of offer. Yeah. There's always people willing to take opportunity in people's you know. Oh, mis- misfortune. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about a positive. Let's shift it. You know, shift it <laughs> yeah. gears. Just, oh my God, um, I'm so depressed. Veronica's actually crying here. What are some of the um, positives in sort of strata living that you think that homeowners don't know what they're missing? All right. Uh, the and there's been a few surveys done. Um, the one thing that comes up, and it it surprised me the first time, but it makes perfect sense. Security. Mm. You know, you, I mean, I live in Kings Cross, which is has a reputation. Uh, that it's losing, sadly. But Are you sure um, it's not Potts Point. <laughs> you know, I got, I got to be absolutely honest. It's Darlinghurst. Ah. It's because the line between Potts Point and yeah, Darlinghurst yeah, yeah. goes right down the middle of our road. I love that part of the world, though. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. well, it's great and it's lively. Yeah. And but we live in a building, and if somebody wants to come and personally interact with me, mm. um, they have got to get past the front door. They got to get past the concierge. Yeah. They got to get in the lift. They gotta have mm. they they have to have a swipe card that takes the lift to my floor, mm. or I have to be mm. stupid enough just to buzz them in. Um, mm. Hey, I'm really angry with <laughs> you. I want to come and talk to you. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know that level of security, especially for uh, retirees, mm. uh, you know, like the downsizers, mm-hmm. the the kids of the empty nesters, the kids yep, have gone, 100%. they've got their, their five-bedroom mansion, mm. they're rattling around in that, and they, they trade that in by themselves in an apartment, and now they've got all this money and spend half their lives on cruise ships mm. because they can literally, unless lock they have cats, lock up and leave. <laughs> yes. mm. Yeah, mm. so there's that. There's also the potential for a sense of community. Mm. I mean, the phrase... I don't know if I was the first person to coin the phrase vertical village. I hope not because mm. I feel I would feel so liable for that. But <laughs> the phrase vertical mm. village is, is bandied around. It has the potential for that, especially when you have a cafe on the ground floor, mm. you've got communal gym, swimming pool, yeah. that kind of thing. I have, I mean, I know of buildings where they have a, a travel club where somebody says, hey, let's go and... Cycle, let's go cycling in Vietnam and you know, mm-hmm. a dozen people in the building mm-hmm. sign up and they all... So an enterprising thief 
could have carte blanche that building if they just waited till everyone evacuated to Vietnam for a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> well, if no could, one's if, watching. If they no could get past watching. the <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we had in, in our building, just to backtrack slightly, in the early days, we there was even a story in the Daily Telegraph about the Spider-Man uh, cat burglar, mm. which is kind oh, of mi- mixing. I don't remember reading about these. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. The, you know, theoretically, you know, this guy had found a way of, or woman, had found a way of climbing up the outside of the building, going mm. into people's apartments and stealing their stuff. <laughs> and then Just getting it down the problem, right? Small stuff, obviously. Well, you, well, you, you don't need to swipe to get down. Ah, ah fire you, escapes. You just, yeah, uh, or fire escapes. Mm. It was nothing like that. Remember the building manager? Yeah. He was giving swipes to the alleged security guys. Oh, my oh God. God. And they were going, he would watch uh, people go off to work, their cars leaving the garage, and go, oh, he, well, that, that apartment's empty. Number 103 is And this was go. discovered when a young woman whose partner had gone to work, but she was having the day off, yes. came out of the shower and found a large security guy sitting in on her lounge going through her magazines. No uh, way. And that's wow. when we, we we discovered that there was no, no more Spider-Man. Spider-Man cat burglar. Yeah. It, was it was just, just a, a rat. Se- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a large rat. So that uh, cycling tour in Vietnam. Yes. So it would if the whole building's kind of going away, let's say, I would say 50% or 20%, doesn't really matter. Wouldn't it make sense for those retirees to supplement their income with a bit of Airbnb? <laughs> um, uh, wouldn't it? Know, it would make great so that, perfect isn't sense. Isn't that a good idea to have Airbnb within that building to allow those retirees to, to fund that cycling in their big, expensive <laughs> apartment? You know, um, there's Airbnb and Airbnb. Uh-huh. We should talk about short-term yeah. holiday letting. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because we'll Airbnb... Uh, it's a brand name. It's a brand name, mm. and it is the biggest operator, and and some people call them the evil empire, and and I do. But um, <laughs> uh, it look the idea that you could go away for two or three weeks, mm. two or three times a year, and let your apartment out doesn't that doesn't bother me, because you're coming back, mm. and your neighbors are going to say to you. Who was that that you put in your apartment? Don't mm. let them come back here again. They did this in the swimming pool and they did this in the gym or whatever. Or they were really nice people, whatever, you know. Mm. But there's still a connection. The problem with Airbnb is when somebody, or short-term holiday letting, is mm. somebody buys or even rents an apartment. For puts that purpose. In purely for that mm. purpose. And it's week after week after week. Mm. You don't know who's staying in the uh, the apartment next to you. The music cranks up at 11 o'clock at night. You knock on the door. You say, you know you're not allowed to do this. And they go, oh, we're on holiday. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's fine. You get mm. you deal with that, mm. hopefully. Next week, another bunch of people come in. The music cranks up. You knock on the door again. Mm. And after three weeks of this, you're ready to kill, basically. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's using... Short-term holiday renting in residential apartment blocks as a business, mm. that's the problem. But even, see, I feel like you got to even be one or the other, though, because if you think it's okay to have three weeks, if 10 people in the building are doing three weeks, then there's always people in the building that are kind of subletting and there's always people having party because everyone's always on holiday. So you kind of, the building's either 
we don't let anyone do it or yeah. people do Although do it. you don't then get one one resident with the one next door to them that's always available. Do you know what I mean? It gets to move around the building. So at yeah. least you're sharing the building. But you might have six or seven apartments on the floor. So, you know, odds on there's always potentially someone Airbnb on well, your I floor. Well, I, I agree. I agree it should be all or nothing. In fact, yeah. I, I, I think why are they not just building apartment blocks for short-term holiday letting? Well, here well, they, they are, are actually, Airbnb <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> yeah. um, exactly, I agree. Mm. And I think that's, to me, the problem as well is – and. The, the subleasing thing mm. is, oh, is horrendous. Yeah. I've um, got a client. It's a hilarious story. Um, <laughs> so she's in Perth and uh, she has two apartments near you in Potts Point. Right. On uh, Victoria, which is yep, quite I nice apartments. Well. Yep. She saw her apartment on the news. Oh. That's pretty good. A guy was bragging that he was making so much money on Airbnb. <gasps> Yeah. And he's like, that's my, she's like, that's our apartment. And wow. so she was subleased. She was leasing it to this guy. And so this he's guy was it. subleasing it fl- yeah. room by room. Mm. And the only way they found out was on, it was on like channel, like today, tonight or something, Airbnb story. And this guy was. You, you got to wonder what her property manager was doing. Uh, yeah. You know, because, <laughs> right. you know, one of the reasons I like Strata is, is for an investor, for instance, is you've got an extra layer of management. If yep. you've got a good manager, you've got yep. a good strata manager, great yep. tick. You've yep. got a good property manager, great tick. But if you've got a crap property manager, mm. yep. um, you know, just doesn't do inspections, you know, or always basically hoodwinked by by the uh, the tenant, then, The yeah. inspections are always, like, it's, it's like... Um, you're always going to tidy it up, right? If you've got pets and you've got, you know, you've got yeah, but if a cat, you give you're not seven allowed days, a cat. You give seven days notice for an inspection, right? Yeah. And if you've already made your Airbnb bookings. Cancel. Well, you're going to have to, but like, you know, then yeah. you then you, then you uh, risk your super host status and all that mm. sort of stuff. So it, it becomes harder. I just think it's easy to get around an inspection. You know, like if you're saying you're not allowed pets, well, you know, you put the cats in the drawer. And and I, I did uh, do that years ago. Hide out. <laughs> we, we, did, we did that <laughs> when we were renting. <laughs> we, we, uh, we had the inspection and normally we had friends in the building who would take the cats mm. for the couple yeah. of hours of the inspection. But they were away on holiday. And probably on a cruise, and uh, <laughs> yeah, on Vietnam cycling, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so the the guy from the real estate company comes round and he's standing there and he's going, oh yeah, this is fine, this is cool, yep, yep. Can I just open this door? And oh like, no! And he opens the door and the cat literally <laughs> ran out and ran up his leg, <laughs> scratched him, <laughs> and then disappeared oh, under a sofa. <laughs> and he just stood there and just paused for a second and went. <laughs> and the reason being that we paid our rent yeah. on time, every yeah. time. Mm. Yeah. We didn't ask for stuff. We never complained about anything. Yeah. We were perfect tenants apart mm. from the cats. He wasn't going to go through the hassle mm. of kicking us out or trying to get rid of the cats. Well, so you're a good mm. example of how pet owners can be great tenants, you know. Mm. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Hopefully the RSPCA never hears that story with the cat locked up in the cupboard. But, oh, it was uh, in a room. It was, it was a, room. a room. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. it was a room. That's good. <laughs> a little bit of air in there. Um, but hopefully you got rid of the cat scratches as well, like you didn't leave any other in the I cat. Don't know. I don't know. He, uh, we, checked, we, checked, we checked as we walked past the office to see he was still standing up. He wasn't lying in a corner <laughs> somewhere. Some terrible disease. 
So the elephant in the room is 100% for you. The reason that Chris and I do this podcast is because we passionately believe that property buyers can do it better. We really want to help all of you understand all the risks, but also the ways in which you can avoid your elephant making the decisions. But what we would love for you to do is just to share this episode and share other episodes with people around you that are going through the property process. Give us a review on iTunes. A five star, please, would be very appreciated because this is about making sure that we all benefit from the wonderful information that our guests have been sharing with us. So you said security, what's more positive? What are some of the others? Well, we talked about briefly about the potential for a community. Yeah, and yeah. I do want to talk more about that, but keep, we'll keep going on the positives. Yeah. Well, if you've got, and I know that there's a whole range of, of apartment blocks in terms of the facilities that they have, but mm. if you've got a swimming pool, if you've got a swimming pool in a house, you have mm. a lot of work. Maintaining this, yeah. Mm. So you got a swimming pool in a, an apartment block. That's someone else's problem entirely. Yeah. And that, also more people to make it dirty, and you have to deal with their sort of problems as well. <laughs> You're a very negative person. Yeah. So <laughs> more, more people to make it dirty. That's and more good. people to swim with. Yeah. You know, it's not like private, is it? It's not like you can no, go out there no. for a dip. And especially when you've got the Airbnb people in there, like, <laughs> yeah. you don't know. Who's, who's that guy? Yeah, you're one of the old Chiquito in that's the pool. Remember that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so maintenance, I agree, like, because, yeah, that's the lock up and leave kind of argument. But location? We'd probably argue mm-hmm. on the latent one as well. Maintenance, it's actually hours. It costs someone to do that. That's money. So, you know, if you think about from an investor's point of view, a lot of these pools, the gyms, the concierge, the, yeah, the but, security. But that's all shared. And it's all shared on the basis of how big your apartment is, basically. Yeah. But you, I mean, here we are sitting in a studio and there's, there's John on the other side of the glass there mm. twiddling knobs and, and, and things. Now, presumably, you, you, <laughs> you guys are savvy enough to, when this is all recorded, to sit down with the computer program and edit it and... I know we not, but Gordy is. Well, <laughs> well the, here's the thing. Do you pay Gordy? Mm, we do. Right. So yes. you could be doing that. You, this yourself. I'm telling Very you, I, I do it myself. Mm. Yeah. So if I can do it, anybody can do it, but it takes talking time. talking about editing here. <laughs> yeah. It takes, it takes no, time. I 100% so the point agree I'm, with the you. The point I'm trying mm. to make is you either do it yourself and that's your time, mm. which is valuable... Yep. Or you pay someone else to do it. Yeah, the problem I'm saying here, though, is that... You're talking about facilities. It's good you? when you're, uh, you know, you're thinking about... Let's say you've got a, an apartment block and you need to, you know, keep the gardens up and things like that. And yeah. you want to try to limit how much outgoings there is in a building because then they, an investor has to pay that. So, you know, I wouldn't want to go buy in a building with all these amazing features because I don't get a substantially better rent to buy... to on that apartment because I only get, say, 700 bucks a week for this new build. Yeah. If it's an older apartment, I might get 600 or 650 This is not only investors that listen to this podcast. No, yeah. but I'm going to talk about the investor <laughs> market just here. Mm. I agree from the homeowner, mm. but still they have to pay for that. So they must have... Yeah, but you have to pay when you maintain a house too, you know, and mm. you, you have no discretion... Well, I guess you, with strata levies, you have no discretion as to when that, that's when you're contributing to that, right? Whereas with a house, you've got more discretion. But the yeah. reality is the roof goes in a house, the windows go in a house, mm. gardening's work in a house, 100% your responsibility, 100% your bill to pay. Mm. Um, and, you, you, and you're not necessarily budgeting and accounting for it over time in, in a more disciplined way as you no. would in an apartment. 
but you're also you there's the value you know the actual value of and in a you know i know the markets fluctuate and but if you are if your apartment block people walk through the front door it's clean they're met with a smart mm. guy by a smart guy you know in a suit who's getting paid to stand there mm. And you know, as a concierge, and they go and they look at the the apartment. Now that's up to the owner of the apartment. But mm. on the way there, they're in the lift. They're in the lift lobby. They go down and look at the gym, and they look at the swimming pool, and they come away with a a, a sense this is a value property mm. that is going to help your rent and your your uh, your resale. And and a lot of people, one of the biggest problems in in Strata is where. People want to spend money on the building to just paint it occasionally mm. and things like that, keep it clean, keep it nice, do things up that need fixed. And there are people in there who don't want to spend any money, mm. any that they, money they don't have to. And when you say to them, but what about the value of the property? And they mm. say, well, I'm not thinking of selling. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's irrelevant to me. Yeah, it's so bad because, you know, that's – you're only basically delaying the inevitable a lot of the time. A lot of it's maintenance, right? If you, yep. you know, you don't fix that hole in the wall, then it becomes something a bigger problem, like yep. you know. And so, and then you're probably arguing whether it's repairs or whether it's maintenance or whether it's <laughs> yeah, yep. you know. And then how does that actually work though? Like, so for us say it is painting. Yeah. It, it, how can you force the strata to say that this is actually re- needs urgent work? Like, how do you manage that? We're trying to add value versus we're just trying to maintain. Well, that's a, I mean, painting is a really good example because it's to some point it's a, an aesthetic thing. Like you might look go in and think this place is looking really shabby, mm. and it you know, and a, mm. a lick of paint would make all the difference. You probably say that about your own apartment every four or five years. Yeah. But when it comes to the building, and it's gradually allowed to deteriorate, you can <clears throat> go to the tribunal. And I'm talking about New South Wales mostly here. Yep. Um, you, and it, this applies in other states to some extent. You can go to the tribunal and say the committee is not maintaining the building properly. Mm. Okay. Now, before that, you could just go to a meeting. You could put a motion at your AGM that we want the, the paintwork to be done up. Mm. If um, the owner's corporation or if the committee refuses to even consider the idea, you can step up, you can go to fair trading, you can go to the tribunal and all that stuff. And there are there's a point at which the tribunal has the power to force owners' corporations to fulfill their responsibilities in terms of the management and upkeep of mm. the building. For instance, if you've got a noisy neighbour, and this is a classic, you've got a noisy neighbour and you go to the committee and say, look, this guy is, or woman, is causing a lot of noise, creating an, a nuisance, they will often say, oh, it's a personal thing between you and them. It's got nothing to do with us. Well, that's not true. Mm. If they are breaching bylaws, then it does have something to do with the committee. The committee doesn't want to get involved because they just don't, you know. So you can go to the tribunal mm. and say, we want you to order them to do something about this. And this is a really good point too because we haven't actually discussed this in the podcast. We've, we've had strata managers on, we've had Rena Van Alston, we've had Amanda Farmer on strata lawyer twice. Yep. And we did talk about the obligation in the most recent episode with um, Amanda. Um, we talked about the obligation of the owner's corporation um, in order that has to maintain the building, basically. It's legislated. Um, but this idea that if you're not on the owner's 
corporation, if you're not on the committee, then you um, you still have an opportunity to actually affect change by going mm. to NCAT. You just have to basically do a lot more work and you have to know what the rules are basically. Yes. But that's an interesting um, – and I know that you talk about that in your podcast a bit. I've, I've sort of listened to a few of your episodes and so – um, and that's quite that's that's a different aspect that we haven't actually discussed uh, thus far on this podcast. I mean, the problem it's theoretically it's great. The problem is the tribunal, mm. which is a whole other a, world. Yeah, it's a <laughs> casino to some ex, extent. Mm. You, if you're lucky enough to get uh, a member who is savvy, uh, who may even have lived in Strata. Mm and mm. they're going to understand the problems that you're presenting, then you're going to get a fair and reasonable result. Right. But you are just, in fact, probably more likely to go in and somebody who sees property in the old freestanding home way and, yes. and will say, well, you can't be telling people that they've got to do this and that. And you go, well, it says in the law, yes, but, you know, and that's why you get some very strange results coming out of oh, the tribu tribunal. So they're coming with the yeah, detached house view that you yeah. can't, if your neighbour's banging around in the kitchen and you can't be going Tuck around there and say, g'day, yeah. mate, you know, keep it down. Could I'm trying to walk the telly. Quietly. Mm. Yeah. But in apartments, you know, that's kind of how it works. Yeah. But, I mean, I haven't that's been to the tribunal. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the tribunal, you would think that that's, a, that's, the, that's the mechanism or the, for, you know, yeah, you They're would meant think that. to understand Strata, you would no, think. They have, uh, some of them do, a lot of them have no clue and have no desire to learn. Mm. Oh, my God. And, and the, the nightmare scenario that I've heard a couple of times is, you know, you, take, you pay your solicitor, your Strata lawyer, mm. and they pay, the other side pays their Strata lawyer, and you walk into the tribunal and the other side's lawyer... The member goes, oh, Jeff, how are you going, mate? I haven't seen you for ages. Let's catch, catch up for another round of golf. And you think, people say, you know, you might as well just walk out. Yeah. You're not going to get a result. doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. These, Because a lot of uh, tribunal members are retired solicitors. Mm. Mm. So there's that old, it might work in your favour, though. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, are yeah. they generally pro-tenant or pro-developer uh, or pro, you know, owner's corp or...? Ooh, I'd say it depends who's up against whom. Mm. Um, I'd say if it was developer versus the owner's corporation, they'd favour the developer, and uh, you don't. But you, that you don't normally get that level at the mm. tribunal. It usually mm. goes up to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, but for tenants versus um, the the owners, they'll favour the tenants generally. Mm. Yeah. Because they see them as being bullied by this. Yeah, this uh, big organisation, this faceless people sitting in a room making decisions, and yet no one seems to go in there, you know, really championing championing the individual owners' rights. It's sort of like the, it's like they're the lost. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of the because individual owners do suffer at the hands of all the big powerful. I mean, and I'm not. Chris is a conspiracy theorist here, not me. Like, you know. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is a system is set up to really set up individual owners, as you've shown in your experience as well. It's like, you know, we want construction to keep the economy going. You know, we, yeah. we want strata managers, um, you know, paying off developers so the banks can loan more right. money. You know, I mean, there's this bigger interest that are benefiting from the fact that this system doesn't work very well and fundamentally at the end of it all, the owner, the person who buys these properties, is paying in one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and then they might have a tenant 
who may or may not be doing the right thing, and then and then they're they're you know the tenant is favoured in the tribunal. It's almost like the owner doesn't actually have many people representing them. No, and you, I mean, I'm just thinking of a couple of cases that have come across the the flat chat forum um, of people who have genuine bona fide complaints against their owners' corporation um, or the committee. The committee, for whatever reason, doesn't want to do the right thing. They go to the tribunal. The tribunal says, yep, you're right. The, com- the, the committee should fix this. So they go back and say, the, the tribunal says you've got to fix it. And they go, yeah, okay, well, we're going to fix it in this way. Mm. And they, no, no, but that's not fixing it. Mm. And so then they have to go back to the tribunal <sighs> and back to the tribunal. Yeah. And they end up spending literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Because every time they go back, they get a more expensive lawyer. Yeah. And it also ties up your life, you know what I mean? This is, I mean, this, this back, we're back to the downsides of communal living. But, mm. I mean, you know, there is enormous amount of luck, isn't it, in terms of getting yourself into a, a good building with well run, with good people and... and um, yeah, and, and it does, that's the, the factor that a lot of people don't realise, especially when you feel you're in the right mm. and you're energised and angry and you start your, your first angry email yeah. gets sent. Yeah, and the sh- first shot has it. been fired, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. the next thing you know, you're lying awake at night every night, mm-hmm. going over in your head, oh. what should I have said? What should yeah. I have done? Yeah, and the, I keep meaning to, I think somebody's done it now, but I keep meaning to write a book about the power of doing nothing. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because that will free you up mm. to do stuff that you really want to do, rather than dealing with people who either don't understand your point of view or don't care. Or don't want to. Yeah, it's yeah. when you've got fairness too high on your values, unfortunately. It's, a, yeah. it's kind of not service, serving you in the right way because no, you're too busy trying doesn't. to get the right thing and make sure everything's – and um, when you're getting set off and this isn't fair or I want to get this yeah. sorted and yeah. you end up just fighting a, a losing fight against the – Kind of the control freaks or the it's not you know fair. it's not right and it's so not fair. Yeah. life isn't fair. I would start it in primary school. I'd have the kids every morning chant, "Life is not fair." Yeah, De- deal, deal with, with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they do that in Scotland, but maybe not in Australia. <laughs> um, so someone's buying properties in uh, an apartment block. Yeah, you highlighted one of them before. Uh, you know. Without doubt, we are, you know, not right now it's front page, but I think there are a lot of first-home buyers. Hope is back and, mm. you know, because of mm. 2018 was um, kind of the market kind of came down. 2017, yep. first-home buyers, much lower percentage of the buyers, F investors and upgraders and downsizers mm. were smashing them. Last couple of years they've been getting back in the market and they're hopeful. They're being able to afford houses and yep. things like that. but. You know, unfortunately, that'll probably end, and then they'll be back buying apartments again, and they yeah. already are. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, and this isn't just uh, first time buyer. You know, a young couple who are thinking about buying a house. This is a family that are going. We're never going to buy a detached house. We are yeah. going to make apartment living yep. for us. Yep. Um. And that that'll be the, like it is for forever. So, mm. what are some of the things that they need to be really careful around? Like some of the things that you just don't know they can bring in bylaws like pets, barbecues. What are some of the things where you thought you could have it, but maybe the building can stop you? Okay. The first thing and the simple answer, and this applies to everybody, read the bylaws before you even sign the check for the the deposit. Read the bylaws of the building that you're going into. Um, I would also, and I know this is an expense for 
people who are just starting out, get a forensic check done of the minutes of the the strata committee. And by you can the, find them. If well, they they've got to be somewhere. And if they're and you know and and one of the things I say is if you get a building and you're not sure about how things are being run and you get the minutes of, and there's never been any problems. Mm, warning, yeah, warning. absolutely. Yeah. That's a flashing there red light. There are always problems. Yeah. <laughs> the exact same minutes. Yeah. With a different date. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you, mm. and, you know, what you want to read in your minutes is there has been a problem and it's been dealt with mm. in, a reasonable ma- yeah, yeah. In, this, in a reasonable manner. Mm. But, you know, so many people go go into buildings I've told this story so many times. Early doors, there's loud music coming from an apartment. And, uh, you know, the the people next door are getting driven to distraction. So a couple of us go down, knock on the door. Guy comes out. Says, uh, your music's a bit loud. He goes, oh, right, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I'm allowed. And, you know, there's bylaws. The bylaws say you cannot play loud music you know, beyond these hours or whatever. And he said, no, no, I'm, I, I'm an owner, mate. I, I, I own the place. <laughs> and you, you, what different? Well, your bylaws are for tenants. Yeah, an interesting perception. Yeah. Mm. You, and you, you, no, it's for Actually, everybody. No, you. You, it's you. <laughs> yeah. All occupants. Yeah and, yeah. and But there is that attitude of, oh, the bylaws. I, I remember once getting mm. involved in a discussion in, in, this, in the Herald and the paper about bylaws and and this guy wrote he said i'm a tenant i will read the bylaws and i will choose which ones i'm going to obey and the ones i don't (laughs) want to obey i will just ignore and somebody wrote back said check for a new apartment (laughs) (laughs) you will be looking for somewhere else to say stay quite soon because Mm. i mean that's something i i don't know how strictly it's enforced Mm. but it's implied in your residential tenancy lease that you will obey the bylaws of the building. Yeah, and it's sort of there's certain people that really don't belong in strata. And I would, oh, for I would sure. hazard an anarchist <laughs> or someone who feels it's their right to pick and choose which rules they want to um, follow yeah. doesn't actually belong in strata. But the, the, the landlord, the owner of the apartment, can if they get enough complaints from mm. the committee say you've breached your your residential tenancy agreement by breaching the bylaws. Yeah, yeah. See ya. But mm. does a property manager explain to the person who's renting the apartment all the bylaws on the strata? Probably not. So the person is kind of going into the apartment who's renting it probably doesn't even understand that these bylaws even exist. They don't even know what a bylaw is. Mm. Right. Um, and so there's an education process process before the person even moves in mm. um and so next thing you know the you know let's say they're you know it's just stereotypical young you know 20 year olds yeah. having people on a friday saturday night and you're saying well the music's up too loud after 9 p.m and they're like well mate it's only t- 9 30 you yeah. know get yeah. a life and you're like well no it's in the bylaws they, well, they don't even know what a bylaw is so right you know it's very quick to probably and i mean and you know we're all 20 once and so i think that's it's it's a hard thing to to understand Life these. Education. So what are some of these bylaws though? Because like obviously you've got noise, barbecues, um, everyone thinks they can have a barbecue, but <sighs> barbecues are the bane of my life. <laughs> yeah. I and this all goes back to that first corrupt chairman. Mm. He insisted on having a barbecue, which meant the whole building has barbecues. Right. And and then you try to say to people, you know that thing you do where you turn the barbecue up to the max 
to burn off last month's fat (laughs) that has been festering there (laughs) since you last had a barbecue. Have you noticed the smoke tends to go up? Somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, and you're you're above the line in that building too. I'm above the line. (laughs) So so I'm above the barbecue line. Rancid fat smoke. Lovely. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and... You know, and people go, oh, really? Oh, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, how, here's a here's a wee lesson for you. <laughs> the next time, leave your window open when mm. you're doing the barbecue. Oh, no, I can do that. My place would be filled with smoke. Exactly. <laughs> so that smoke is coming into my place, so I hate barbecues. Um, <laughs> bylaws are things like uh, parking and visitor parking, mm. and and that's one that probably gets neglected because define what a visitor is. Yeah, someone's staying for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. but they're a visitor. Mm. Yeah, it always yeah. says, all it says on it is visitor. And, you know, usually I'll say to people, well, get a bylaw in that says a visitor, visitor parking is somebody like for two hours during the day 100%. and after 6.30 at night, but they must be out by 7.30 7 in the morning, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So that takes in the, the, yeah, the early dating or something you know yeah, coming for yeah. an, what, you second know, date here and there but not someone who's moving in and, I love I love yeah. how he's defined second date <laughs> not first date we don't want any of that sort I'm of stuff no very tinder very old fashioned no tinder very going on in this fashion. building yeah uh, marriage, but you, um, you mentioned the community that may or may not develop in a building yeah. and 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 I know this as a buyer's agent of course you know we look at buildings that are you know preferably 20 or more years old and you, we know we can see the ones that have developed a community within them, mm. you know, and mm. and that's an interesting um, value add because then people want to stay in the building and there's, there's this, you know, there's this um, desire to, or it's a great community. I mean, it, there's obviously real benefits in that in terms of our living these, yeah. just not just these days but all the time. Um, in your experience in terms of the, the people you've been talking to over the last decade or so of Flat Chat, you know, what do you think, sets off a good community? I mean, is it a, is it organic? Is it by design or is it a bit of all of the above? I think it's organic. Mm. And I think it starts on the floor that you live on. And mm. and we make a point, well, I'm a very unsociable person, but Sue makes a point, you know, when somebody moves into the apartment next door, she knocks on the door, says hello, mm. must come in and have a cup of tea. And, you know, and because she basically... She, she says, I want to know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's it's not nice. being friendly. She's, she's not being, being Pollyanna <laughs> here. She's checking them out. Yeah, Befriending yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's, so that, that's how that starts. And then it's things like, I'm going to be away for the weekend. Could you water the plants mm. or could you feed the cat or uh, that kind of thing? Yeah. It, and, and then it, it moves from the floor and it moves vertically up and down people that you meet in the lobby. Um some places I've heard of will do things like if you've got a bottle shop near you, mm. they'll say, come in on a Thursday night, set up a table in the in the foyer and do wine tasting, but they can't obviously sell the wine there, mm. but they can take orders and deliver it. Yeah. And but then you've got you've created a kind of impromptu social situation mm. yeah. where people, you know, Get to get to know each other. You can find out the other whiny hoes. Yeah, <laughs> you always know where no, no, you can no, go and bu- <laughs> borrow a bottle of, of yeah. Shiraz. Yeah, <laughs> none of the teetotalers turning up. Don't do it in October. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the community thing, I, I definitely think. I mean, I'm maybe out in an apartment at the moment, and uh, you know, all the tools for the, 
you know, dismantling the wardrobe from Ikea. We're at uh, the house in Newport. And uh, <laughs> so we were like, oh, we can't dismantle this. And so I'm friends with one of the... I don't the, think they're designed to be dismantled and remantled. Is that well, a word? Well, no, I would try to get it out of the, <laughs> out of the hallways and Art Deco is a little bit lower the... Um, the doorway, right? And so it's yeah. a bit too narrow and it wasn't coming you out. You probably don't know the song that's playing in my head right now, but it's called Right Said Fred. <laughs> no, don't know. So you check it out. I'll check it out. It's send an old it's British send, comedy song. Send it to me. So here are the Parliament, all the Brexit people were singing last night. Did you hear that? That's uh, old line no. saying. It's finally happened. But anyway, oh my um, God. I, I texted my neighbour upstairs and I was like, you know, have you got any uh, screwdrivers Alan, and Allen keys? Yeah. 7.30 at night. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'll leave them outside. And so, you know, I'm going up the, the stairs that are getting renovated at the moment and there's nails everywhere and got them and, you know, problem sorted, right? Um, mm. I mean, but you could do that in a house, but it was nice to, well, you know, because uh, you had mm. that little community. Some buildings, I mean, the first time I heard of this, it was a Facebook page or an apartment block. Mm. And somebody went on the Facebook page and said, I can't reach this thing that I need to fix. Mm. Has anybody got a ladder? Ten minutes later, somebody said, yeah, I've, I've got a ladder coming. I'll, I'll bring it down, that kind of thing. There's uh, a thing called, have you come across Stratabox? No. Right, Stratabox is a kind of, it's a, an integrated social management tool mm. where um, it's kind of like a centralised website for the building. Yeah. And it will carry things like notices of meetings mm. and stuff like that. But it also has a social component where people can message each other. Mm. And, you know, has anybody, you know, know mm. how to look after this kind of plant because I'm killing it, that Great kind of idea, thing. Yeah. I mean, there's Facebook groups for buildings, right? Like that's another way of... The problem with that is, uh, I found, is that the people who set it up are great. It's really enthusiastic. And then they move to another apartment. Ah, I got you. Mm. And the Facebook page is like, well, who's running it now? Who's the admin mm. now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got to need someone who's always constantly passing the baton onto someone else. So and, that's why it's better to have a centralised yeah. thing that, that is like actually off-site so it will always be working. It yeah, doesn't matter gotcha. who's on the committee yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever. So there's different titles, um, company title, common. Uh, or, yes. You know, I, think company, I think company title is going to make a comeback. Right? I really do. do because... Because we talk about Airbnb, you know, we talk about pets. <laughs> so um, you think that gives me more control? I under Strata law, you cannot, you can't prevent children from coming mm. into the building. Um, well, that's just not ethical. <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. Some <laughs> kids, seriously, I don't want them anywhere near me. There's a bill. There's an apartment there's block. Discrimination rules, there's a, isn't there? There's, there's a, an apartment block in in um, Brisbane where they do not allow children, and it's a company title block. It, it says mm. inside the building. It's a bit like children are not allowed to live there. Adults and, only resort. Come in though. You're allowed to come in the front door. Grandkids. Well, they can visit, but. They, they're not allowed to live there. And there was a story, and this, this was revealed <laughs> when a pregnant woman and her partner went to look oh, at an apartment no, to buy yeah. and, and the real estate agent is going, oh, I don't mean to be personal, but you're pregnant. Is that a baby you're is carrying? Is that a baby you're <laughs> carrying there or have you brought extra mm. lunch? And uh, I, and she said, yeah, I'm, I'm you know going to be three months' time. He says, no, you can't, you can't live here. Wow. You cannot buy. Mm. You cannot buy into this building. 
So the point I was going to make, I'm not That's saying this harsh. is... I'm so not That's saying not great that... for the owners. Though. I mean, from a from a market point of view, you've completely ruled out the family market, which is... But you, is... There's restrictive company title buildings in Sydney and, and some of them are actually very valuable. I mean, there's obviously a very small, yeah. very exclusive market for yeah. them, but yeah, but yeah it's sort of, it's a different echelon. You but know? some of those buildings in Maclay Street, true. for instance, mm. you know, those beautiful old 1930s, yeah. 1920s buildings where they do have those kind of restrictions... They, they work around it mm. as as people evolve. But mm. if they say there are no pets, then there are no pets. If they say you cannot do holiday letting, you cannot do holiday letting. And they are not a sub <clears throat> they're not subject to the strata legislation. I think exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, these days it's changing rapid even with pets, mm. people are going to the tribunal and saying this ban on pets, which has always been in this building, mm. is unfair and unreasonable. And and the tribunal is going, yeah, we agree pets have to be allowed, which is crazy. Mm. I'm I obviously You're pro pet. Pro pet. pet. Yeah, yeah. But I think. So the cats might have passed away. Now you've gone back the other side and. No, no, don't no, want no, to no. Don't, Cats don't are want. fine. The cats are fine. But the. Um, the the, the choice mm, for people has to be there. People yeah. have to be able to. There are people who, for religious reasons or for health reasons, just don't want to be around animals. Mm. And so they've you, got to have the choice. So for company titles to come back, which is you, initially on this conversation, you mentioned about the banks uh, are the ones who kind of don't want to get too involved with the tribunals, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. The banks will have to come back to company title because the banks want to avoid company title at all costs. You know, yeah. They will lend less money on it. Yeah. Sometimes they won't even lend at all. Yeah. Um, you know, they just don't want to go anywhere near it. So it's interesting because you'd have to have the banks to come back. It's for rich people. Yeah. It's and for people who can afford the the 50% deposit. And the luxury you know? of yeah. dictating yeah. <laughs> you know what that they want. It, yeah. it, right now in Melbourne, there are sort of high-end new apartment blocks going up and you have to sign a waiver that's saying you will never let your apartment on Airbnb mm. and they won't let you buy it. Mm. Yeah. Now that could be challenged at some point as a restrictive covenant or something like that. Mm. But basically they're saying, because the short-term holiday letting thing is creating absolute havoc in Melbourne. Mm. It's, you know, you can imagine, somebody was telling me the other day, there's a big apartment block of about 300 apartments, a foodie team coming in, and somebody has realised that there are 20 or 30 apartments in this block on Airbnb. So the whole of the supporters club book in to Airbnb oh, yeah. in that Building. apartment block. They all get there. There's no space for socialising because it's not a hotel. No. Mm. So the foyer becomes where their party is. So you've got 50, 60 football fans who are you know, perfectly nice people, I'm sure, mm. but they've had a few drinks and people are coming home from work and going, what is oh, going on here? Yeah, we'd like yeah. it, wouldn't it? It's, I, I yeah. mean, do you, um, do you go on holidays to... I, I go a lot. Yes. I spend a lot of time. And when you go on holidays, do you use working a holidays. <laughs> Chris is on a mission here. <laughs> I, having written about Airbnb and in not very complimentary terms, yep. I thought, I should check this out. Okay, so the last time no, it was fact finding. It was research. No, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I went. I went to. I, I I like I love Vietnam, so I went to Saigon. Mm. Um, I got into a, a 
was it Airbnb? It was effectively Air, it was an yeah. Airbnb. Yeah. And and it was up this alleyway and there's these little shops. It was so authentic and mm. real. And I went up the stairs and I've got a really nice space and very cheap. But on the second or third day, I noticed as I'm walking up, now, I don't know if you've been in Vietnam, mm. but mm. they're the friendliest people in the world. Mm. And people will smile. They see, when they see you for a second time, they'll, they'll actually engage in some way. I was just getting glowered at just wow. the the daggers of hatred. Mm -hmm. I thought this is unusual even for me mm. for people to hate me that much. Yep. And then I realized they're they're sitting there. These people live in the other apartments mm. in this block. Yeah. And they're going, yeah, he's in that one. And literally, the one next door to me was being renovated for holiday lets. Yeah. As okay. I was there, mm. and gradually they were going to take over because the place was half a block from the cathedral, mm. Mm. and it was less than. Um, 80 bucks a night mm. it was but I, and I so after uh, three days I said I can't stay here. yes I, I just I'm moving into a hotel and the funny thing is mm. the refund from Airbnb came through in about 40 minutes oh wow. well, that's a, that's a positive you're Mm. I think they might have known that was a who I was. Yeah. <laughs> they were watching you. I wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, there's uh, so many positives with Airbnb, though. It's, it's just interesting. I mean, a lot of people on the ground level will say, I don't want it in my building and I don't want yeah. it, I don't want it. And then they'll oh, they go, they go, and, go to Portugal or Barcelona. And they will or, yeah. love Airbnb and they'll use Airbnb. And I yeah. think it's uh, yeah. probably be, be careful we're not hypocrites in life because, you know, Airbnb, when done well, is opens up so many opportunities that we just didn't have before in terms of locations, even yep. renting beautiful houses in Kangaroo Valley or, mm. you know, all sorts of, you know, amazing yep. places yep. that traditional bog standard stay on an old bed in a, you know, boring yeah. hotel didn't offer. And I think it's it's just about doing it better. And I think that's where Airbnb is not going to go away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I actually praised them recently um, for their thing they did about Australian pubs, traditional mm. Australian pubs, you know, that you can go and live, stay mm. in a room above an, an Australian mm. pub, which is an authentic experience. I've done it a couple of times. A shared bathroom. Mm. <laughs> uh, when you look at the colour, you, you look at the colour in the sink in the room mm. and you go, somebody didn't make it. <laughs> the <shared> bathroom. <laughs> it's a very authentic experience. Every week we hear incredible stories of the dumb things property buyers do. Dumb things that end up costing a whole lot of money and are a whole lot of stress. Mistakes that can be avoided. Please, Jimmy, can you give us an example of a property dumbo? We can all learn what not to do from these stories. So I, a building manager friend of mine gets a call from somebody saying, I've got this dampness in my ceiling mm -hmm. and he, he, go, he goes I'll come and have a look and he goes yeah he definitely there's a patch of dampness there we'll just check next door oh, yeah. and and uh, he, uh, he he knocks on the next door and he said have you had any problem with damp and the person goes yeah I've been meaning to to call <laughs> you guys I've got and he had much more damp so he traces this along various apartments in a row until he it stops he goes, all right, we've found the point where the dampness comes up. So he goes up to the next floor, knocks on this guy's door, and he <laughs> says, have you got any problem with damp? And the guy says, have I got a problem with damp? Look at this carpet. 
this carpet is absolutely sodden. And, he's, and he said he's walking around and he squelch, can see, squelch, see squelch. the water coming up through but the carpet. Titanic. And he's going, oh, my God, where's this coming from? And he's looking at the walls to see if there's a burst pipe. And then he looks out on the balcony and the guy had blocked the drains on the balcony and filled up to the podium level with water and had goldfish. No. He turned his balcony into a, into <laughs> a fish, fish pond. And... Yeah, <laughs> and then he's going. And couldn't work out why. Couldn't his work out why his wet. carpet was wet. Oh, he's a screw loose, that guy. <laughs> oh my god. That sounds fear and loathing. Yeah. <laughs> sort of is that real? Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. Oh, and there you so go. How did you do? What, what happened to the goldfish? I guess. Well, I think they got a tank, or let's hope that they. It's hopefully they were pleasantly he, disposed. He, but he then goes, "Oh yeah, I've got a real problem with water, and it hasn't even." And he has made the connection <laughs> because he thought, you know, the 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 balcony was properly sealed. You know, uh, oh, there's a the, mistake. That's a real Dumbo act. Yeah, 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 yeah. he thinking the balcony was actually waterproof? Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's that's about as dumb as I've mm. heard. It's not a bad idea though. Like if you did want a bit of conceptually, a, it's great. Out, outdoor <laughs> aquarium, <laughs> you know, people come round. You can go look, look at my little, you know, yeah, little aquarium out there and. But people don't realise that the you know the built the, everything looks as if it's connected and sealed and and you unless you're a building engineer you have no idea. Damp is a bad one though. I've got a cl- and it's you know even if you're in the apartment and you say can you get that fixed like you know then got to get the tent, the landlord to do it. You've got to get the agency. You've still got to live in the place. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a classic. It's the health issues. But, you know, you go in and you say, as a tenant, I've got damp in the bedroom and there's a chance the rental agent will say, oh, you've got to keep the windows open. You're not airing the room properly. But actually sometimes that is the problem. Oh, sometimes it is, (laughs) yeah. Yes, and that's that's an issue. I mean, I've had that uh, house that I've got um, rented out and, um, you know, yeah, I've had no problems with mould and then all of a sudden I've got tenants with a massive problem. So I've had to go and, you know, treat this mould yep. and put in a humidifier in the whole bin and it comes down to the fact that these tenants don't open windows. So right. they've had to then sign an agreement to say that they will open windows. So I've done my bit, I've fixed mm. it, yep. Yep. but it's been caused by them not opening windows. Mm. Which is weird. I mean, it, it, is it air conditioned? or No. I don't no. know how they've lived without opening the windows. But, yeah. um, but well, yeah. some bathrooms don't have any um, no, ventilation. But they're not. Well, not some don't. You know, I've been in apartments who don't have they, exhaust fans. Oh no, well, this is so you have to leave the door open and then that goes into the mechan- lounge room. And they have this mechanical ventilation, right? So my first ever apartment I lived in and I remember thinking the exhaust fan doesn't work and didn't actually have an exhaust fan. It's got mechanical ventilation. And the test for whether it works or not is whether it holds a tissue yes. up to it. Yes. And that's all it is. That's actually building code. Yep. It ticked the box, building code, but it doesn't actually do anything when it comes to actually having a shower with the door shut. Mm. Yeah, I I yeah. have a, a a shower sauna because of that. And they, and just last week, the building manager came and did the tissue thing, mm. and he said that's within the the limits of Complies. the code. There's another story that's just Box occurred to me. Ply. If if I if I can, double dumbos are always good. So this this person. Um, Moves into a new apartment and goes, oh, the smell of cigarette smoke from next door is appalling. And uh, knocks or, or talks to the building manager and says, you know, the people next door, they smoke so much. And the smoke's coming into my my room. He says, I'll have a word with them. And he said, they don't smoke. 
And he said, well, come into my, come into my apartment. And the building manager says, wow, the smell of tobacco in here is incredible. Mm. And they think, well, maybe it's coming through the, the uh, air conditioning mm. vents because sometimes they're connected to two or three yep. apartments. So they, they check this out and they're doing smoke and nut. It's not coming from there. And they're just standing there scratching their heads wondering where the smell is coming from. And the building manager goes over to the corner and pulls up the carpet. Hundreds of cigarette ends, thousands, <laughs> thousands of cigarette Hidden. ends. What had happened was that apartment, while they were building the building, that was the break Smoke room. Out. That was the smoko room <laughs> for the, the builders. And then when the carpet layer comes in, the builders have gone. It's just a, a mat of cigarette ends on the floor. And the carpet layer goes, I'm here to lay carpet. No. I am not here to sweep floors. No. Um, puts it down. And so that was the, the, the smell was just gradually seeping yeah. up. Oh, my God. There you go. I've never heard that one before. Well, uh, you know, I think it happens when people are renovating, right? Like they have ripped up the floors and then they're being, oh, wow, there's lunch down there. There's old bottles. <laughs> Look, you under know, like, Look under the house. Yeah, yeah. under the house. Mm. Like a lot of the builders are like, wow. Ball, ball down, doesn't matter, throw my lunch down there, no one's ever going to see that. <laughs> you know, 20 years later they renovate it and you've got like a 1920s um, yeah. high, highly valuable <laughs> yeah. Coke bottle now, yeah. you know. so uh, Like my kitchen cupboards, yeah. like, a, like an archaeological dig. There was nothing under my floor when I ripped it up like that, unfortunately. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. It's funny, you're thinking back on the things I've done in apartments that we've owned and one of them was ripping up the carpets and finding floorboards underneath yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And then Job getting mine. these complaints from the people downstairs. Yeah, yeah. no shoes. insulation. Stop no insulation. You can sometimes you? see the neighbour, right? Hello, how are you? Yeah, it's really gap in the floor. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jimmy, yeah. that's been a great chat. Um, hopefully it's been quite funny for our listeners too because it was quite hilarious. But anyway, good to meet. Thank you very much for having me in. That was a very quick wrap-up there, Chris, but yeah. we do appreciate your time, Jimmy. It was lovely uh, to meet you finally after reading all your columns over the years and... Um, yeah, there's some really great insights and some different different angles uh, on the strata living for us and for our listeners. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. We want to make you a better elephant rider, and this week's elephant rider training is... Well, it's going to be a short one because Jimmy gave us so many good mm. points. The one thing I just want to add to is when he talked about before you buy an apartment, reading the bylaws. I just want to tell you where to find them. So first of all, in a contract of sale, you will have a copy of the bylaws in there, but you have to understand that they may not be up to date. So when you get your strata report, make sure you ask for a full up-to-date copy of the bylaws in that report. Please join us for our next episode. We are going to be talking about my new book, Auction Ready, How to Buy Property at Auction Even Though You're Scared Shitless. Chris is going to interview me and I'm going to be talking about all the things that I've written about in this book, which is all designed to help demystify the whole auction process and, you know, really get people to tackle the big mistakes that I see people making at auction all the time. So please join us and if you listen to the end, you'll also be given a little gift from me, a bonus code with 30% discount for buying the book. You can get it online 
and you'll have to listen to find out how. Don't forget we're on all the social channels. We're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. Or you can connect with us on theelephantintheroom.com.au. The links are all there for you. Please connect and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The Elephant in the Room property podcast is recorded at the Sydney Sound Brewery. This week's podcast was recorded by John Resk, editorial by Gordy Fletcher. Until next week, don't be a dumbo. Now remember, everything we talked about on this podcast is general in nature and should never be considered to be personal financial advice. If you're looking to get advice, please seek the help of a licensed financial advisor or buyer's agent who will tailor and document their advice to your personal circumstances with a statement of advice.